Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Hello, hello. It is National Hot Chocolate Day today, so uh, we need to celebrate that, and I'm sitting here with my coffee, and it's not hot chocolate inside of my coffee. It's actually chocolate protein, which I guess, duh, that is hot chocolate, and tons of whipping cream, of course, and then afterwards going with friends for a hike, and I'm going to continue this National Hot Chocolate Day tomorrow as well because some of those friends couldn't go today, so we have to go on our hike tomorrow and drink more hot chocolate. So for those of you who are listening, I hope you have your hot chocolate ready to go, and if not, um, I guess just eat your candy bar, your chocolate candy bar, and you can warm it up in your mouth and consider that hot chocolate day. But we have a great, exciting show for today. We're going to be talking about how the world of work is changing. And you as a leader, uh, things to be aware of, mainly having that attitude of being a servant leader and just the some of the research that's been done, statistics that are in place as we are moving into, once again, a world of work that is changing. We're in an era where automation, artificial intelligence, uh, also known as AI and technology, has become more pervasive, important, and frightening, I think. I, I know other people are leaning into it, but it does get a, a little bit frightening. And the big issues companies face is about people, because as we focus more on AI, a lot of times, um, often that removes us from focusing on humanizing the situation. And are we going so high tech that we forget what the bottom line of um, we want to make money but we can't make that money because we can't keep talented people. So what does that look like to try to not only um, interview and uh, get those talented people within our organization, but how do we keep them? What do employees want? Because if we know what they want, then we're going to know how to keep them involved and keep them employed. And are we taking the time to ensure happy work environments? Are you a leader that's doing a, a self-check to ensure you're creating the fairness and transparency to make the workplace more flexible, uh, humane, and, and honest? And today we are going to talk about some research that's been uh, done by Josh Burson. He's a global industry an analyst, and he has, uh, over the last few years, asked several um, companies to be able to interview their employees and has come up with all kinds of great research. And some of the questions that he asked were regarding benefits and the well-being of that environment and what kind of training was offered and career coaching, the pay, salary, stock options, etc. Yet it's interesting because through all this research, uh, quite a few of them co correlated what was great in their workplace came down to 
employees wanted trust. And do you really trust your company, your manager, and your leaders? And without that trust, they felt like apathy set in. And when once apathy sets in, then you have despair, which leads to depression, which leads to you going, I can't stand it no more, as Popeye would say. And then you wanted to go find another organization to work for. So if employees are saying, I want to work for a company that I truly trust, what are we doing to make sure that we're that leader that people can trust. And the most interesting part of this research is a simple fact that in today's world of software engineering and like we talked about earlier, technology, AI, it's actually the soft skills that employees want. 91% of companies cited this as an issue and 80% of companies are struggling to find better soft skills in the market. So in other words, what we used to make sure that we were getting the high IQ into our companies, now they're saying we want more of the EQ. We want people showing up that have that emotional intelligence, that have the, they're just basically self aware and they know how to self regulate when they screw up. And they can really read a room, you know, when they walk into a meeting and they say something where it's like, okay, that didn't go over very well, so I need to um, take a look at that and maybe change my behavior. They want those people, which sounds like such a simple skill, and yet it can be very complicated. So once again, what are employees asking for? To work at a place they can trust, and not only trust their, their leaders, but they wanna feel valued. And how are we implementing a workplace where this exists? I recently had a friend come to me for some coaching because she was struggling at work. And she's amazing. She is a talented, over-the-top, influential, and impactful leader. And she's one of those people when she walks into a room, um, she just she's that magnet that people want to work for her. Um, she gets all kinds of, of people. She does ministry, so they want to volunteer with whatever area she's working in. And the issue where she's finally coming to that place where her boss, I feel, does not have a clue to what she brings to the table. So often people that are such strong leaders, they can make everything look so simple, like literally everything they touch, it just, it's golden because they, they have a way of bringing great people in, keeping great people. And yet here, this particular person is putting in 60 to 70 hours of work a week. And that's not sustainable. Even though she can make it look like smooth sailing, it's that swan theory where, you know, have you ever been out at a lake or a pond where you see this beautiful swan and they are calmly just moving across the water with just this peaceful trickle of maybe just a tiny little wake as they, they move through, you know, just flowing through the water. Yet if you were to look underneath, their feet are just paddling like crazy as they're, you know, flowing through the water. And that's how these individuals operate. 
You can give them anything and they just, they make it happen. They get things done. They are just smoothly. They're not creating um, chaos around them. They're not creating anxiety from all the people that work for them and panic. They just move smoothly and they make it seem so simple. And so consequently, you just keep adding things to their plate because they get things done. That old saying of give a busy person something because it it will be guaranteed that they will accomplish it. But that's also not a great working strategy because, once again, it's not sustainable. And because they do make it look so simple, if you were to unpack what's going on in this person's mind and what's going on with their emotions, they will, they're highly self-motivated, but yet they also want those words of affirmation. They want to know they're meeting the mark. They want to know that they are valued there and that people appreciate what they're doing. So they can only do that for so many years before they finally, either they move up to where they take their boss's position and, um, you know, then they're in a, in a situation where it's like, guess what? I'm not, I'm going to have to continue to, to be motivated and it's going to be harder and harder because you are at the top for people to come along and value what you're, you're doing. But whenever you have a boss, I don't care who you are. If you have someone in charge of you, you want them to, to say, well done. You want them to come along and be specific to let you know that you are, are hitting the mark. So I'm going to talk about some of the attributes that this type of leader brings to the table. And once again, talk about this person's boss, because you can either, as a leader, we can either be the boss that keeps giving a busy person more work where we burn them out and eventually wonder why we can't keep talented employees. Or you can be one that focuses on that person, lets them know how valued you, you are rather than focusing on the daily work performance and practical accomplish, accomplishments um, to where literally there's no strategy at all except just to keep piling work on them. And if, if you're listening there at home, I'm going to ask you to, to stand up. You're going to bend your knees a little bit like you're sitting on an imaginary chair. Basically, you're in a squat position. And as you're holding this position, I'm doing it as well. Uh, hopefully, you're feeling a little bit of pain. And you're thinking, I had no idea I was going to get a workout while I was listening to a podcast today. Some of you are driving and you're going, yay, I'm not about to get into that squat position. And some of you are sitting there and you never did get up because you're probably checking your emails and you're going, no, I am not going to do my workout while I'm at work. <laughs> but hopefully you're feeling the pain. So hold that position and I'm going to give you some amazing secrets, practical, simple secrets which means actually putting them into practice on how to be an influential, impactful servant leader. And you don't know what you don't know until you know, and I've said this before, when you find out Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father, you can't unknow this. 
And so today, as you're listening in, I'm going to give you information and beware because in a minute, you, once you know, you can't undo these practical, powerful secrets. So how do your thighs feel? Those quads burning yet? Well, we all know we need our quads to rise up. When we get out of a chair without even thinking of these muscles, it's called muscle memory. And if we do something enough, it just becomes instinct. So although the first secret for today is to practice serving others to the point that we will rise up and be an impactful leader. So hopefully get those thighs moving again, and we are going to come right back after this commercial break. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Is it better to work out by yourself or to exercise with a workout partner? It really depends on your personal preference and what your workout personality is. Fitness Magazine pulled its readers and found that 74% like to exercise alone. They preferred to work out with zero distractions. 14% liked group exercise classes, or they could be social butterflies. And then there were 12% who enjoyed exercising with a gym buddy, just one person that they worked out with. Personally, I like to work out solo when I'm doing my weight workout each day. I like to concentrate on my form, and I enjoy the alone time. But when it comes to cardio work, I prefer to work out with someone else. Engaging in a good conversation really makes the time go by faster for me. Find out your workout personality and what works best for you. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we are back after holding a squat position before we went to our commercial break. And hopefully you got a good burn in your quads. And we were talking about, this is called muscle memory, how we can do something enough that it just becomes instinct. We don't even realize that we need those muscles in our quads in order to get up out of a chair, in order to rise up. <clears throat> because we do it every day. We've done it ever since we were a baby. And we want to do that 
with our leadership. So today we're going to learn how do we rise up as a leader to the point that it just becomes instinct. And today we're going to have a couple of secrets, some great tips that we can practice in serving others to the point that we will rise up as an impactful leader. First thing, we want to um, be able to just say, how can I help you? When we put this in our vocabulary, when we show up, and ask others, are you okay? How are you doing? And how can I help you? It will help our team members launch instead of pushing this news button in the morning. This particular person I was telling you about, you get to the point where even though she's highly self-motivated, um, she's at that point where you're going, do I really even want to go to work today? And if you're pushing this news button, you are literally, your, your brain has a mind of its own and you're telling your mind, it's not worth it. I'm going to push the snooze button because I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to work today. And that's starting out your day of not feeling like you can be in the moment, not really truly being present. It doesn't help with gratitude. It doesn't help with that just being excited for, for your day. So you want to be able uh, for your employees to literally launch. They're so excited to be at work. They're so excited to um, just accomplish whatever is ahead of them in their, in their day that they're going to be giddy with happiness. And happy employees make happy organizations. It helps with productivity and growth. And the third one is being vigorous and healthy. You will create a culture in your organization that is loyal, it's candid, and there's trust, which is, that is what employees are asking for. So once again, the three things, when you become a servant leadership, your team will launch, number one, launch instead of pushing the snooze button. Number two, they're going to be giddy with happiness and happy employees make happy organizations that are product that that will produce and grow. And number three, be vigorous and healthy, which once again you're creating a healthy culture in your organization that will then um, create that trust. It just spirals into candid and and a healthy, loyal workplace. The number one secret that we just shared is to have that, how can I help you? The first thing that we are saying throughout our day is asking people, how can I help them? If my friend had a boss that said to her intently, hey, how are you doing today and how can I help you? Then it would change the way that she shows up. But right now she just feels like a workhorse. It's just, oh, you're done with that? Here. You need to do this and have you considered doing X, Y, and Z versus it's that command and control just powering up instead of partnering up with people and letting them know, I have your back. I, I am here for you. And once again, humanizing the situation that you're not alone here. So the number one thing when we're humanizing and letting them know we're not alone is we have to know what, what makes them tick. What truly motivates them? So knowing your team and pursuing their potential. Uh, you can either be that leader that's leading by intimidation and fear, and we all know we've all had that leader, I'm sure, or you can be that leader who leads with respect and admiration. And when you respect someone, you, you will jump through hoops. 
um, just because simply because you admire them, you admire their leadership uh, quality. And once again, you, you feel like you're partnering up with them. And this goes, this is 360 degrees. This is treating your clients this way, treating your coworkers this way, treating customers this way, and just knowing what does it take to, um, to know them, to move them, to motivate them, to care and value them. I always think of that, the movie, uh, Jason Bourne with Bourne Identity, how he comes in, he's sitting in that restaurant and he's talking to the gal that he's traveling with and says, I can tell you the license plate numbers of the six cars outside. I can tell you that our waitress is left-handed and the guy sitting at the counter weighs 250 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun is in the cab or the gray truck outside. And at this altitude, I can run flat out for a half a mile before my hands start shaking. Now, why would I know that? How can I know that and not know who I am? And I remember reading Robert Ludlum's book, uh, once again, Born Identity, and instantly like fantasizing about what life would be like as a rogue agent, uh, Jason Bourne. Like what, what if you knew these top you know, things about people on your team, that you were the spy that was truly engaging in what motivated them, what made them tick and be a scout and celebrate, uh, you know, things that, that really are their strengths and um, just where they, to that point where they felt so valued. And I, I had a boss once that he would come up to me and his intent maybe was in the right place. It's almost like he had listened to a podcast like this <laughs> where he knew the right things to say, but he just, you did not feel like he was partnering up. So an example, he would come up and he's, you know, how are you doing? How's it going? You know, Hey, how's your family? But right when you would start to answer, Oh yeah, we're doing good this weekend. He would go, he would just interrupt and go right into how's Kevin you know, how's your son? And these are all great intentions. But if you're just going through the checklist of asking people questions, and like I said, maybe there were good intentions, but you're not really listening with the intent to understand, with the intent to value this person, to be empathic with what you what you hear them respond. If you're just going right into the next question and and I'm assuming you've all had these people like they just, you know, hopefully you can relate. They walk up to you. Hey, how's it going? But it's said in such a way that they, they just truly don't want to know how it's going. You want someone that is really your ambassador, that they, they do have your back and together you work together for a compelling vision. I have a friend, uh, his name is Randy and he's actually an ambassador. And one of the things as an ambassador, um, you know, he's hosted former presidents and he, he does amazing things. And, and I've asked him, so what does it mean to, to be an ambassador? And, and basically said, you're, you're kind of a glorified host, which makes me smile because my mom would always say, be the best host wherever you show up, wherever you are. And, and I've shared that story with the listeners um, before at how we would come home from a party and she'd say, ask us how the party was. And I was like, oh, it was boring. And she'd go, well, then you were, you're obviously a boring person because 
you know, MYOF, you know, make your own fun and be the best host. And what does that look like? Being a host is you're connecting others. You're, you have a plan in place. You connect everyone and you ensure that they're having a great time. So if you're doing that as a leader and you're being the best host every day you, sh- you show up, that means you're, you're setting the tone. And when you're planning, that means you're actually planning at some times even what to say to people. And if you know them so well that you've done that Jason Bourne research that you know what makes them tick, you know what motivates them, then part of your plan is knowing how to communicate to them, knowing the right questions to ask them, knowing what they're bringing to to the table and being able to explain to them that they are hitting the mark, knowing how to give them those words of affirmation um, that they just want to show up, they want to launch out of bed, they're giddy with excitement because you, you, once again, you're compelling this, this need to be there. You're casting this amazing vision. You're being that host. You're connecting them to the right people. And you genuinely, with the right intent, are finding out how they're doing. And you're doing that by listening, by actively listening. Because when we listen, we bring value to that person. It allows them to express their thoughts and feelings. It validates them so they know their story is important. And more importantly, it helps them find solutions by talking. If you're the one that's always telling, and you've heard that quote, managers tell, leaders listen. So if you're the one that's always talking, then you're the one finding solutions and you're just telling them what to go out and do, which means just adding more work to them, rather than giving them that autonomy, giving them that choice that they're finding the solutions by talking out loud. And if you're truly listening, it helps them come to those conclusions, have the, that those critical thoughts as they're problem solving, and then basically what you're there to do is celebrate with them, hear their pain points, And then you know where to develop and grow them by being relentlessly positive and solution focused. So basically you're there to guide them as you ask the right questions, but yet they're the ones that are coming up with the solutions. You're getting their involvement. So start by using these three words. And if you have a pen handy, I hope you write this down or dictate it into your phone is tell me more. It will improve how you influence as a servant leader, and it's so impactful. So as you're listening, rather than thinking about what you're going to say next, train your brain to say, tell me more. I want to hear more about that. Or what's another way you can do that? Or help me understand, but tell me more. You're continuously asking them questions, so they're the ones that are talking, not you. So write down, I am going to be an active listener. That is one of my tip top secrets, actively listening and tell me more. So with that, we're getting ready to take a commercial break and we are going to come back right after these tunes and then I will tell you more when I should be saying tell me more. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. 
Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokinet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. It's words you never heard. Have you ever butt-dialed someone accidentally? According to a report, for every 100 calls made to 911 this year, about 40 were dialed unintentionally. Recently, a mother in Canada called police after receiving a nightmarish cell phone call from her daughter, filled with blood-chilling screams and a man shouting murderous threats. Police discovered that the girl was at a movie theater in Victoria. Anticipating the worst, the cops were preparing to descend on the cinema when a dispatcher tried calling the girl's cell phone one last time. The girl answered her phone and explained she was not being attacked by a murderer, but was watching the horror film Cabin in the Woods. What do you call the activity of being impolite in a social situation by looking at your phone instead of paying attention to the person you are with? Fubbing. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, welcome back. Well, we've been talking about how to be a servant leader and what are the secrets, what's our, our top tips and tricks for today. And first of all, the secret, number one secret, is to put in your vocabulary, how can I help you? And I hope you wrote that down, just that this week you're going to practice saying, how can I help you? Even right now, if you're sitting there and someone emailed you or asked you a question, yes, respond, and then how else can I help you? Second one is know your team and pursue their potential. To truly have that Jason Bourne um, from the Bourne Identity where you are um, seeing everyone as a 10, moving forward, pursuing their potential, not just coming up and saying, hey, how's it going when you really don't care, but being there, having their back. And the third one is being their ambassador. So having their back is being their ambassador instead of powering up or using that command and control type leadership, you are partnering up. And the last one we talked about before we went on break is being there to listen, to have that empathic listening where you are saying, tell me more. Leads to our fourth one or fifth one. You know I'm horrible at like actually keeping the numbers there on all my tips and tricks, but I think it's the fourth one, and that is by empowering them. And what does that look like? We use that word all the time. It's like, oh, yeah, as a leader, I want to empower my team. And what that means is to truly get their involvement, which means trusting their decisions. So we're not micromanaging them. We are giving them the autonomy 
They are making the choices. And you're saying, but we are in this together. So you're not just going, okay, buddy, well, that's your choice. So just know it's on you. It's like, nope, I trust your decisions. We're in this together. And go go make it happen. And I have your back. Because once again, you're their ambassador. And what this does it builds up their self-esteem. It helps them in, in respecting you because you've given them the autonomy and you trusting them also has them trust you. And then you, you just guide them through praise and redirective feedback. Uh, we all suffer from self-doubt. I, I believe that we all show up in that place of not being comfortable in our own skin. So when we have a leader that empowers us and lets us know that we are capable, then it, it helps us get out of our head. It helps us uh, not continuously do that self-talk that that tears us down. We're able to to shut that voice down because it's like, no, I'm good at this. I I have my my boss or my leader that's building up my self-esteem. They respect me. They're giving me all this autonomy and empowering me. So I'm going to show up. And once again, when I have this, I'm going to launch out of bed instead of pushing the snooze button. I'm going to be basically giddy when I come to work because I'm excited because I've been empowered. And I'm, this is going to be a happy, healthy place because I love what I'm doing which moves into celebrating. My fifth point as a servant leader is when we truly celebrate our team members, we inspire them, we motivate them, and it's contagious. When other people see what's taking place, you're creating a culture of serving. And this culture uh, will start serving the people who serve the people. And at the end of the day, when everybody's serving everyone because you've created this culture, you're just celebrating all the time because it's a giddy place to work with. And I know I use that strong, just I, I use that term where people go, oh, yeah, right, Patty, like we're really going to be giddy. But I guarantee you there will be days that people truly are. The vision has been so like put into your DNA and you have an IV where this this is just propelling everyone forward and they're going to launch, they're going to be giddy and it creates a happy and loyal, trustworthy culture. So now you know. We started out what you don't know, but now you know. And what are you going to do with these secrets? What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to start doing? And what do you need to continue doing? So I know for me, when I am putting this together, I really do want to show up where I actively start letting people know specific things and praising them and what they're doing right. I actively want people to know where they're hitting the target. And I actively want to say, how can I help you? And then truly be there to listen not just say, how's it going? And you're, you're already walking forward because you really don't care to listen. So with that, rise up, stand up, use that, have that muscle memory that this will be such a habitual thing for you to do that you are being that servant leader, that you're not thinking of the pain that's involved in it that we started out with today in our quads and burning. So come on. Let's go. And I want to go back to, we started out talking about the research that um, has been, you know, studies that are, that are out there and the, the fact that 
even though we hire with those that have the high IQ, that it's actually going more into the soft skills. And those are the human skills that we have in self-awareness, teamwork, leadership, collaboration, communication, uh, creativity, and that person-to-person servant leadership. So the, the five most important soft skills in demand today, what research is showing, is creativity. We want to be able to have people that can show up and be the not necessarily think for themselves, but be willing to be creative and innovative. Um, we want people that can persuade. So you, you're, you're not just sitting there in social media all day long and either listening to your music or um, to the point where you've established white space in your brain that you know how to persuade others, you know how to collaborate, you know how to, to have that adaptability and you're good with your own time management. Basically, you can self-regulate and know when you have to do things, when you have to prioritize, when you have to get things done. And it's interesting to me that in a world where everyone wants to become you know, a software engineer, it's these non-technical skills that actually matter. And I, I don't know about you, but this gives me hope for those of us who did not get straight A's in science and calculus to realize that the top leaders and performers are this gregarious, collaborative team builders. And they're actually saying that 75% of individuals get off track because they were not self-aware. And I'm saying individuals as those individuals that are in leadership. Those are the ones that are getting demoted. They're not able to cut it. They weren't able to, to work out as a leader because they simply were not self-aware. So in other words, they were so focused on the practical aspects of work that they did not take into account the personal aspects. They did not take into account how to humanize the situation. And that goes back to what we talked about, the active listening and complex problem solving. So giving people, empowering them to problem solve and have the critical thinking. The exciting part of this research is once again, there is hope because building soft skills is a never ending process. And let me explain your IQ. Basically, your intelligent quotient is established at birth. So you're literally born with a certain IQ. And some people would argue that because they would go, no, 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 you can, you know, that's why we get educated. We just keep getting smarter. Well, you can, um, this is just measuring what you have the capacity of how you learn. So it's your IQ and that is established at birth. Your personality is pretty much set in at the age of, drum roll, think about it, guess for a little bit. You think some people say five, some people say 10, some people say 40, <laughs> but your personality is pretty much set at the age of 19. And uh, your reasoning and how we problem solve, basically that frontal lobe that's coming together and we we look at that 19-year-old and go, what were you thinking? Were you not thinking of the consequences? And the answer is no. Most likely they were not thinking of the consequences because at 19, even though their personality is there, they haven't quite figured out the full true problem solving. Um, basically, although you can keep 
stretching this, uh, you know, through critical thinking, etc., that is when the reasoning takes place is at 25. But drum roll, at what age do you think your EQ or your emotional intelligence is established? And that is where your self-awareness is, and that continues to develop. And that's what I was talking about, that there is hope. So we are continuously, like every day, when you find yourself in meetings or conversations where you think, ah, I could have handled that better, that is how we are developing our EQ. That is how we are becoming more self-aware. So if you're that person that has no empathy, like you're not empathic in anything that you do, then most likely you are not developing your EQ. You're just not showing up and reading the room. You're not able to um, figure out uh, how to develop and be more self-aware so that you can self-regulate. So research clearly points out that while hiring managers, always looking for technical skills and job experience, it truly is the soft skills that drive success. And 92% of respondents say the soft skills are more important than technical skills. 89% in the research said that bad hires typically lack the soft skills, which goes down to, ugh, how do we hire people? How do we go through the interviewing process? Because we're so caught up in the IQ, which, which means we're so caught up in you know, the GPAs, how they're testing out, how their competency on the, the skill that we want them to, you know, show up. How are we truly um, hiring them and being able to, to look for all these other aspects? And there's a great book by Bill Hybels, and it's called Courageous Leadership. And he talks about some great tips on hiring people. He gives the four C's, which is chemistry, competency, courage, and coachability. And once again, the four C's chemistry, how you work, how you're team building, how you're, you know, put on a team, the competency, that is your skill set. Obviously, you want some skill set when you're hiring them for that job. How they show up, do they have courage? So in other words, are they self-aware to be continuously changing? And are they coachable? Are they ready to listen? They don't show up like they're the smartest person in the room, which all of this is hard to evaluate in an interview. So it comes down to asking great questions. And with that, we are going to go into a commercial break and we're going to come back with those great questions. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. 
That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. To be successful at anything, you need to be committed. Being committed to losing weight and exercising daily works the same way. According to a survey conducted by USA Today, the majority of Americans do not exercise on a regular basis. They found that only 5% of respondents reported vigorous physical activities, including using cardiovascular exercise equipment and running. It has also been reported that 50% of all people who begin a training program drop out within a year. Dedication and commitment is what is needed. The key to reaching and maintaining physical fitness is to find activities that are exciting, challenging, and satisfying. Become committed and dedicated to exercising daily and see your life and health change in a favorable direction. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond, keeping you healthy, happy, and fit. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back. We have been talking about uh, some of the um, ways to hire employees and know you have the right person on the bus. And we talked about Bill Hybels, his book, Courageous Leadership, on the four C's, chemistry, competency, courage, coachability. And then how do we evaluate in an interview? How do we know that we're getting those people that are self-aware, that have that higher EQ, which we know that is what is is going to help their performance and help them become great leaders, is by knowing that they can show up, be self-aware, and know when to self-regulate. And a great question that Josh uh, Burson suggests is, can you give me an example where you demonstrated a focus on quality, one of our core values? And these types of behavioral questions can get people to open up and really show you how they think, behave, and work in a team. I've mentioned it before that Zappos, in their interviewing process, after they go through and you're finally going into a personal interview, that you've gone through you know, the group interviews, we've looked at your resume, and now you're down to maybe two or three that you don't know which one you're going to hire because they're all coming you know, with, this, with the same, basically, contribution to the table, that they have a driver that picks them up from the airport that brings them to the interview and takes them back to the airport. And that driver has specific questions that they're going to be asking this new applicant. And when it comes down to it, they ask the driver and they have the final say on if this person is is going to be hired or not. Now, I'm hearing this, you know, through the grapevine of this is how they do their interviewing process, but it makes sense. It's who you are when no one's watching. And that's the person that we want. That's the person that we want that shows up well that treats everybody this, the same way. And we need to be teaching our, our kids that, that don't just show up well to the people that 
um, you know, basically are, are paying your paycheck. You just, you don't know. Well, first of all, we should be kind to everyone and, and just let your light shine, but you just never know, um, who that person might be on, who's going to be, you know, paying your, your paycheck. So once again, asking them some behavioral questions, like giving an example of how you've demonstrated something in the past, so you can see how their thought processes are. It's, it's easy to teach hard skills, but soft skills have to be learned. Hard skills, meaning like engineering and science, you can, you know, study for this, this is part of your IQ, but your EQ, this definitely has to be learned, it has to be put in practice, and it has to become habitual. Another thing that they talked about in the research, um, besides just showing up that employees wanted to be able to trust their leaders, they also wanted work flexibility. And we're seeing this trend definitely more and more. And 72% wanted that flexibility. So in other words, they wanted to, to be able to, if there were times that they could do some things from home or from Starbucks or to, you know, meet at the library and do their team building or whatever, they didn't want to just be stuck in a cubicle. Uh, it, this is a big area of enormous growth in work flexibility as a criteria. And they they want to basically the tether between the employer and the employer and the employee has been getting looser every year and today 31% of all employees tell us that flexible work arrangements are very important in the job and that 78% that that has increased since 2016 so just in a couple of years Companies are realizing we have got to figure out a way to offer, you know, more autonomy and more flexibility. And why this growth? Because, as we all know, we're all busy with our, you know, our lives, family, parents, I don't know, your dog. But this, I know my own daughter um, has even left during lunch just to go let her dogs out. So if you had that flexibility where you could go home, let your dogs out, stay at home and still get your work done people are, are happier in the in their workplace. Uh, the expectations of work have punctured our personal lives in a big way. So as a result, we want to work when we can. Uh, we, may, we might have a side job or two. Uh, Deloitte Research says that 64% of Gen Z have workers on the side. I mean, like have and actual like they're entrepreneurs and they're doing like side hustle jobs and we need time to you know attend to this to attend to our lives uh given the the day-to-day work it's perfectly fine to let people work from home or a coffee shop or like i said the library wherever as long as they're performing and getting their work done here at at their place of employment so studies show that flexible arrangements actually improve productivity because once again, I know that my employer trusts me. And this, even though these studies show that you, you have to bring people together on a regular basis. So in other words, I can let you work from home. I can give you that autonomy. I can trust you and let you figure out that you're going, you're going to get your work done. But we do need to, you know, every few weeks or so, 
have people meet because that face-to-face connection is important for morale. It is important for the culture to have those personal relationships and that trust is built on those personal relationships. And that's established through contact, you know, once again, face-to-face. Jason Phillips, he's the VP and global chief staff at Cisco, states that work flexibility is becoming the norm. The challenge is how fast can organizations provide it? Those that can are going to be in a far better position to retain top talent over the next three to five years, which is pretty crazy because I work in a lot of organizations that would not be able to offer this flexibility only because they haven't stepped back and said, what would that look like? Once again, let's be creative and innovative and figure out how we can add this flexibility to our employees. The other um, one that the survey showed was pay transparency, which I found this interesting that 53% of employees wanted to know what other people are getting paid. And 51% of Americans believe their income is not keeping up with inflation. And I know my my son, who works at Intel, he talked about this, that he liked the fact that in, in, at Intel, they not only put out salary ranges where you pretty much know what everybody's making, including their um, the people on top, the executives, but they also show that information on what other companies. So you know if their company is at a higher range than what other companies are offering. Um, so in other words, they show what their competitors are, pay- are paying. And the studies are showing that employees trust employers that share and basically disclose this information, especially when they're showing what the top executives are getting paid. Then they can see, I guess, you know, the, that there's hope there that they can also uh, go for those positions or, you know, maybe they know that if they're getting paid 10 million on the top and you're over getting paid 20,000, that there's a huge um, margin there and they can, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting that pay transparency was so high up on the research. Like I said, half of the employees thought that this is significant and they, they trusted their employee employer that would show this, and, which is interesting because I know when I was in corporate world there, it was actually taboo to talk about your pay. It was definitely top secret. You would go into your um, performance review and they would let you know, this is just between you and I, your lips have to be sealed. We're not going to talk about your performance and we're definitely not going to talk about your increase in pay, etc. cetera. Uh, there's a great website, website called fairygodboss.com. Once again, fairygodboss. And this serves as a a glass door like website for women. And they have hundreds of thousands of company reviews. And, you know, as we talked about all these statistics, but only 60% of users tell others their company treats women fairly. I I believe this is far too low, but without getting into any of that, for those of you um, listening that you want to hear more about that, it's called Fairy God Boss, and you can 
go into that. I we're, We only have three minutes, so I'm going to close on just a quick – uh, I thought this was just interesting on a side note, some great strategists that have been very successful when talking about Zappos, again, when the the president, uh, Tony, I can't think of his last name, but when he first was putting Zappos together, he invested in having his customer service people spend hours on the phone with customers, rewarding them for going to great lengths to create memorable interactions. And he created a billion dollar shoe store just by having employees spending time, you know, face to face, humanizing the situation. And FedEx started with the philosophy of serving by building those relationships with busy business people by answering the phone on the first ring every time. And like I said, this is just a side note. When you hear of people that have created incredible companies by humanizing a situation, building those relationships, it's not all about the IQ. It's about the EQ and it's about showing up as a leader saying, how can I help you? How can I best hear you? What's going on in your life? And truly with that in approach, having the best intentions to find out not only what's going on, but how can I partner up with you? I'm not going to lead by command and control. I'm going to lead by having your back, by being the best host, by being your, your ambassador and together we can de- determine a compelling vision. We can determine what needs to be done. And I'm going to let you know how you're hitting the target and how we can best move forward. So with that, I'm going to challenge you to rise up that muscle memory. Don't burn out your thighs, but go out there and lead others by listening and finding out how you can best serve them. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Can't wait to tune in next week. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the 